Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 325. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. For a weekly podcast, sometimes, that comes to you in three ways. The first being, The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out December 14th, 2016. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, it's time for our November look back. Um, We've got four books that we're going to be taking a look back at. And it is Brigands number one, Ether number one. Uh, I'm blanking out on the Unworthy other two, right? Thor and Unworthy Thor number one and yes. Fool Killer. Fool oh. Killer number one. Two right. Marvel yeah, books like and two, action- one Dark Horse and one what the hell was Action Labs? Action Labs and uh, I think it's Im- is an Image. I, I thought the Ether. I thought Ether was Dark Horse. Okay, but it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, cool. uh, Ether is Dark Horse. Oh, it, cool. It doesn't matter to us. It matters to them. Whoever got our money. But you know who else got our money? These breweries. These breweries. And these are small regional breweries. So, uh, Chris, unlike your woes with founders, uh, this these beers you will not be able to find because these I are. I can't even find finders. Or finders. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. You aren't a finder of founders. Uh, You're one of those days today, man. Let me tell you. Four or four errors all over the place. Uh, this is a. Uh, from Meadsville, Pennsylvania. This is Voodoo Breweries, the Barrel Age Collection. You've heard, heard us talk about uh, these beers for the past three years. Three years. Uh, I love them. I love them so much I wanted to buy two of these packs, and some asshole in the car convinced me otherwise. And he uh, was so wrong. Uh, we should buy two of these uh, of these $200 uh It was only 112 120 so I would have spent. That was that's what we would have spent if, when we split it. <laughs> yeah, but and I'm like, uh, I'd love to, Paul, but I have a wedding coming up, and I can't just spend that kind of money like that on a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday, <laughs> on just just a random Tuesday where it's like, dude, the barrel age is coming out. What time are you leaving from work? Now? <laughs> Question mark. I'm like, okay, I'll get out at this time and meet you. I'll meet you there. Uh, this is their chocolate-covered cherry big black voodoo daddy aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, which bourbon barrel is this aged? It does. Uh, I didn't see online. Mm. Here, can you hand me my phone? Uh, yeah, my phone's charging, folks. Yeah, but uh, sometimes they have these aged in like Papa Van Winkle or Buffalo Trace, and normally they tell you. I think the you know they they sometimes tell us uh, online, but also in the but normally in the actual name of the beer. Uh, this has a really rich, dark chocolate aftertaste that just lingers. It's a tame cherry flavor. It mm-hmm. is there, though. And for 12%, it it's drinks so smooth. so smooth. It's it's pretty delicious. It's um, definitely... I wish I had so many more bottles of this. And I could have. <laughs> <laughs> we have another one of these down there. I know, but I could have another three of them down there. And this is, uh, you know, this is a typical bomber um, size. Uh, yeah, it does not say what um, what barrel they use. Uh, two carefully selected varieties of bourbon barrels is what they say. Mm. They were very selective and very good at selecting them, so I'm very happy with it. At this point, this is probably my second to least favorite. 
least favorite out of everything we've had from them would be the Grand Met, uh, originally aged mm-hmm. in the uh, apple brandy barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it would go this, but this is like leaps and bounds above that. This is still good, but everything else we've had from their barrel age collection, I think, is better. There's more of a depth of flavor right. with everything. Where this, you get chocolate, you get a tame cherry, and then you do get some of that bourbony stuff, but I don't think it's the most exceptional one we've had. It's not the most exceptional, but it's not bad. It's, it's so a, good. It is very it good. It is four and a half on uh, your untapped, sir. So that's That's pretty good. It's probably four point seven five for me. If how not. drunk are you? That's three and a half. Oh, that's three and a half. Oh, well then, screw you. Why isn't it higher? Because <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. It's not super exceptional. Oh, yeah, I can check in by just clicking on yours. Uh, it, it's something I would drink again, but I wouldn't. It'd probably be the last thing in that box that I'd say we should drink again. You know, that oh, it's not so the next good. thing I want. It's not the second to next thing. It'd be the last one that I'd say. Let's drink it. That chocolate flavor on the back end is that rich, dark chocolate that I love. It is the Lindor truffle, the extra dark, like 75% chocolate. It's got a nice chocolate, but the the cherry is there. I got the cherry more than you did off of this. And the bourbon barrel is there, but it's not like... It's not, it doesn't have that robust mouthfeel. But and that, it also that, that the other like do, I took right. a sip and I went, oh, that's good. I didn't go, oh my god, like I've done with all the other ones or any other exceptional. But when we sniffed this, the nose on it yeah. was amazing. But also, we had almost drank the entire glass and mm-hmm. we had been sitting for like two hours, like just hanging out. Like we had time just to be like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to breathe this for four minutes, and I did. I just enjoyed every sip of it. It is it is a four point five, if not a four point seven five on Untapped for me. It's I really like it. Chris, how's your coffee? Um, my coffee's good. <laughs> I had beer that I had purchased um, a little while ago just to have for shows, and I wound up drinking it all <laughs> over like the two weeks that we didn't get to record anything. Um, what did you? Just because. What did you have? Um, I got from Ridgeway Brewing. I got the Mad Elf, the very Mad Elf, criminally Mad or uh, Bad Elf, and then I got the Santa's Port Santa's Butt Porter. Um, Santa's Butt Porter. Yes. Ew. It was a porter. Um. And then more recently, I actually got a six-pack of the Abita Christmas Ale. How's the Christmas? I've, uh, we're we're um, not going to get Christmas up here. <laughs> it's, Abita. It's good. We're not if already you in, didn't folks. tell me it was a Christmas Ale, I would have thought it was just like a regular, like, kind of, um, like, red ale. Not a lot of, like, flavor pops to it. Um, usually when I drink a Christmas Ale, I want something deeper, darker. Something just like bursting gym, with flavor. I mean, like ginger, cinnamony. Like the Great Lakes Christmas Ale is one of my go-to. Um, I had a six-pack of the Southern Tier, like two Xmas recently, and like I forgot how just flavor forward that one was. Um, the Abita, it's a really nice, crisp, drinkable beer. I put it in the refrigerator to, like to cool it down a little bit. Um, it was delicious. I liked it, but nothing about it said Christmas. It's just a good, 
nice drinkable on its own beer. Uh, it's kind of like Anchor's Christmas this year. Anchor, uh, Anchor Brewing, they're known for their Anchor Steam beer. Uh, for the last 42 years, they've brewed a different Christmas beer. And this year, it is, to me, very Belgian-y. It has kind of clove, banana-y flavor. It's very uh, dark. It's darker than, like, a nut brown. and But it's a clove and banana-y kind of a flavor to it. It's good, but if I were to drink it and you said, what is it? I'd say, well, this is some type of Belgian. It's not a Christmas. So... Mm-hmm kind of interesting these different uh i don't know like somehow i got that ginger figgy nutmeg cinnamony beers like when i have that i think christmas like uh old-fashioned paul oh yeah like dude uh christmas i just had the Lloyd, uh lloyd's christmas ale from ellicottville ellicottville and um uh, it just yeah it just didn't ring christmasy to me uh i did have a fairly warm it was in my trunk of my car and i got home and i took it out of the trunk and brought it in and opened it <laughs> so it was fairly cold like probably in the yeah. 40s you know or degrees and it said it was figs and brewed with figs and holiday spices and i just really didn't get the fig or holiday spices out of it the uh coca vesa from stone that is a rich dark chocolate it's a spice pack we had that uh last year around january uh, and I lo- I loved that beer. You were you liked it, Paul, but you weren't in love with it. Mm-hmm. I was in love with it. I aged that beer uh, almost a year because I, somebody had told me that it ages very well. When it came down to aging, somebody at like was like, uh, I tried one of my aged ones. It's not doing good. Drink it mm-hmm. as soon as you can. So then I went home and I was like, no, and I drank it. And it, it is. It's like a, it was a, a shell of its former self. Um, but no, that beer fresh is so nice. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot the rest of my story, but oh. I was going to get more beer, but I was unable to because my credit card number got stolen. So my card has been shut off since it was flagged for fraud. So fortunately, I was not able to get beer. We can call out that bank because screw that bank. Even though they are the named bank of my favorite arena, Key Bank Center. Well, I mean, it's not their not their problem that my, or fault that my card number got stolen yeah my card got stolen from KeyBank, and they're the only other they're the only time i have you know i keep my accounts i keep some flush funds they're the only ones that i've ever gotten like really a fraud account thing except for hsbc because you know i bought uh an airplane ticket to disney world and tickets to disney world the night before i left for disney world <laughs> with some crazy kid named chris and they called me up the day of, being like, hey, we shut off your card because, are you going to Disney World? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, Is no, that I, happening? Like, back when I had a different bank, like, that happened to me, too. Like, I was actually already in Florida, like, to go to Disney World, and I was going to buy my tickets at uh, Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I went to go purchase them, and my card came up declined, and then I got... Um, a call from my bank saying like hey someone's trying to use your card and i'm like i know it's me let me go into <laughs> disney world will you let me go to disney i think in this yeah, day and it's, age it's I think... just frustrating like more than anything else like because it's the dumb little stuff that you want to do and can't when you don't have like your bank locally because it's not like i can just go get cash out because my bank's still in buffalo and they don't have any locations down here so i need to Right. Get another bank account, or just move everything down here where I can actually 
go to a branch instead of trying to do everything online because that's how I bank. And there's some online, like Ally Bank is online only. Yeah, so, so I, I think there are people that can do it. Like my HSBC account here is online only. And they're the ones that called me about the Disney World tickets. Yeah. <laughs> but they, at least they called me the day of and I was able to clear it up. Like KeyBank, oh, it took forever. It's so annoying. And what else is taking? But, but hey, it's okay. What else is taking forever? Uh, I was talking about some news that's oh, happened yeah. in the last couple of weeks. Hey, this is actually the longest it took in us to get to news. Uh, our record is twenty-eight minutes. <laughs> We're at twelve, right? Twelve Woo! and a half. It's been a while since we've actually recorded an episode, so it happens. Uh, let's but, get yeah, to um, sad holy, news first. Holy, holy movie uh, trailers this week. That's basically all we have to talk about. Uh, we had sad news, and let's get it out of the way first, because I hate ending it on sad news. Uh, Shepherd Book, and also the dad from, or uh, the detective from... Barney Miller. Barney Miller. I can't remember his name now. Ron Glass. Ron Glass. No, no, the, the guy on Barney Miller, which is Ron Glass, but I forgot his... <laughs> Does it matter no. now? No. No, no. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately... He passed away, uh, as well as news today that we got that uh, John Glenn also passed away. Two, two spacefarers. Two space heroes. Uh, yeah, always when you have somebody who's an icon, someone who's richly famous in American, steeped in American history and accomplishment, and uh, Ron Glass. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's always sad to see people like these go. Yeah. He played uh, Detective Harris on mm. Barney Miller. Uh, this is Paul IMDb time, where <laughs> yeah. he just starts listing things off of IMDb. I'm also like, was he was he the dad on Sister Sister? I don't no. think he was. No, it's no, not. Steve Harvey. It wasn't Steve Harvey. Is this? No, it's not. It wasn't. No, I don't remember that show. Steve Harvey was on the Steve Harvey Show, and I didn't like it because he called his one student Bullethead. Honestly, I don't remember anything about Sister Sister, except they found each other like trying on clothes at a store or something. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's not a beer. That's m- that's not a beer. That's not a mirror. That's me, Sister Sister. That's <laughs> basically every single episode of Sister Sister. I think. Boom! Did it. They say I can't act. <laughs> uh, Tim Reed was the dad on Sister Sister. Thank you for being on IMDb. Paul. You're welcome. Uh, and something else you can look up on IMDb I are will. all the movie trailers that we are going to uh, discuss. I did that five minutes before we started the show. Uh, I think one of the big ones that uh, we talked about the teaser trailer we had gotten about this. It came out the same week as Logan. Uh, the teaser didn't get me as pumped for the movie as Logan did. But I'll tell you this. This new trailer sure gets me pumped for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Baby Groot. Uh, Paul, who's not known to have a sense of humor or enjoy fun, yep. uh, laughed more than I ever thought he would <laughs> or have seen him laugh at one single thing. Uh, it's a fun trailer. He loved Baby Groot. Uh, he loved... Um, uh, Drax at <laughs> <Yeah>. the end. <laughs> now do me! I love that. <laughs> because I'm basically Drax <laughs> in that situation. I'm like, they're awkwardly pointing out the painfully obvious 
to everybody's chagrin and dismay. Uh, you've listened to this show now, listeners. You know it's to be true. Search your feelings. Um, so, yeah, for whatever reason, I just connected with those things, and I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I have no idea what song that is playing, because uh, I'm not cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it seemed like a fun song. Yeah, I, I don't remember the song, but I really enjoyed this trailer. Uh, something else to look forward to. The I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> and he points at the button. Because <laughs> we've all been there where we explain something that is painfully simple to somebody. Like, you do this and you do this, but definitely don't do this. And they're like, so I do this, I do this, and then I do the thing you told me not to? No, why is this hard? That's just you, Paul, because remember when you you yelled at me for not knowing what Windows, Windows I was running? <laughs> yes. It's painfully obvious. It's not. Hurt. Where do you find that? you got to look it up somewhere on your computer. <laughs> just no. Don't hit that button. <laughs> it does make you ask, like, why even have that button? But then again, if you want to set off a bomb and it's the last case scenario... And you need to sacrifice yourself. That's why you have the button. Hey, but let's hit the button and go to another movie trailer. Ooh. Right, I'm going to hit it. What what trailer is it? Oh, it's the Wheel of Misfortune? Is that what you're doing? Oh, Baywatch came out. <laughs> oh my god, it's the Baywatch trailer. Never, ever, would I think that I'd be like, oh, hey, the Bay- Baywatch trailer came out. Let me watch it. Oh, great. That, that looks awesome. Looks pretty yeah, fun. Baywatch looks like it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and, oh, I'm playing on his name right now. Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yikes, you owe me a Coke. I bought you that beer. <laughs> the chocolate-covered cherry Big Black Voodoo Daddy. And a Coke. Um, um, it, it looks fun. It looks... I keep comparing it to 21 Jump Street, honestly, and I'm okay with that because that movie's a lot of fun. You seen uh, 21 Jump Street? I did. I saw the first one. I didn't see the sequel to it. I'm assuming they called it 22 Jump Street. I, don't I know. thought we watched that. Th- we watched both of them together. I don't think we watched the second one. I'm, I'm, I thought. I think we did because they might emerge. You and I. Mind. You and I watched the first one and were super surprised how much we liked it. And then I think the next week we watched the sequel. It's this isn't a High School Musical thing with uh, uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, Zac Efron wasn't in that one. So yeah, so yeah, so he won't remember it as well. <laughs> and they definitely won't merge with High School Musical 2 and then a Sharpay's Excellent Adventure or whatever it was called. That was terrible. Never talk about that movie in my presence. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Did he see her other movie, Picture Perfect? But Baywatch... Oh, I did not. Or uh, Picture This. Baywatch does look fun. It, I mean, The Rock, I think, does a great job when he gets to play mm-hmm. uh, comedic roles. Um, Co- action comedic roles. Like, uh... What was it with uh, rundown? The, the rundown. Yeah, that's it. That was exactly it. Good. Thanks yeah. for getting there with me. I know my rock movies. <laughs> that was a great movie. I like just about everything The Rock has done once he got away from doing like the WWF movies or the Mummy Returns, the Return of the Scorpion King, returning. Yes. <laughs> Three. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, no, so I, I, I'm actually looking forward to this. I Last year, I was looking forward to the uh, CIA movie with him and Kevin Hart, 
which again was a pretty funny movie. It was good. It was that, enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Rock knows how to do comedy. Zac mm-hmm. Efron really knows how to do comedy. He's been, I liked Neighbors. Neighbors was the good. first one. Uh, I enjoyed um, the. Uh, I've seen High School Musical. Scott, like Scott and Steve need dates for their sister's wedding. What was that? Uh, it's good. It's funny. Uh, it's got so many people that you like in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, does. it does not have. I don't think it has like rewatchability. It's a Paul gets drunk and watches movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like turn your brain off you because it has two ad- Aubrey Plaza, who I think is adorable, and also Anna Kendrick, who I think is adorable. So why wouldn't I? Like- and they play dirty girls. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. That's a Mercer Torme growl right there yeah. for our loyal listeners. <laughs> Uh, and, um, we got a teaser for the Spider-Man. We'll talk about the Spider-Man trailer when the Spider-Man trailer comes out, um, because nothing really too much exciting happens in the Spider-Man one, but, uh... It did get me excited for Spider-Man, though. I mean, it's it's something I was looking forward to, but now that I've seen that little bit of a teaser, I'm like, man, this is, this is gonna be cool. It got happy. Uh, I mean, it, it has happy in it. Happy Hogan, uh, mm-hmm. once again portrayed by what's his name? Uh, Vince Vaughn's Fa- friend, John Favreau. John Favreau, thank you. <laughs> Not- I just rewatched Jungle Book because that's on Netflix now, and man, that movie is like so good. I thought his name is Vince Vaughn's friend. Vince Vaughn's friend. Uh, no, not since he became a, a pretty good director. Uh, the the Spider Man trailer. I watched it on. We're my- talking about that when it actually comes out. I'm just gonna say I watched it on my lunch break, and as I was leaving my lunch break, I saw a guy that I talk comic book movies with and i said did you see the spider-man teaser and he's like no so then i stood there and i watched it with him Mm -hmm. and then we left the break room together talking about it ran into another person we talk about watched it again with that person the three of us and then we're talking about it and then someone else walked by and we were like oh hey did you see this and then again watched like all of us like watched together to talk about it chris uh you know what i heard in this whole conversation that John talked about comic book movies without us, and now he's too talked out to talk about comic book movies with us. But on on the flip side, the trailer itself is only like 18 seconds long, so he only <laughs> actually spent like a minute talking to other people about it. Yeah, but that's a minute he didn't spend talking to us about it, just talking to us about how he talked about it with other people. Like, to us. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. Chris is okay with it, so I guess I have I'm to be sorry, okay with it. I'm sorry I'm your only friend, Paul. I can <laughs> only do things with Paul. I'm okay with, even though I probably won't see this one either, was the new trailer for Transformers 5, The Last Night. They're still making Transformers movies, and Marky Mark's in it again. This is a series that I'm just kind of done with, like the Pirates movies. It's just a series I've completely lost all faith that I had actually really enjoy the movie versus just sit there get bored with the spectacle of it all and then don't zone out and then just kind of walk away from it i i have to say i wasn't a fan of the first two transformer movies i saw the first movie i like the first one i saw, the first movie is not it's not bad but it's not mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. first movie i saw in the theaters second movie i didn't i waited i rented it it was awful third movie i rented i enjoyed the third one i didn't even try the third, third, third movie was a lot of fun i think we uh, watched that one when we were making soup that one day yes this is true 
Two separate uh, soups, by the way. Chris was making his soup. I was making for my a soup, soup party. No, no, no. making soup. <laughs> just making soup. Uh, and then uh, my wife so, and I used to throw soup parties every year, where people would bring over idea. soup. Yeah, we stole it because he never did it. You're an idea man, not an execution man. So I married I'm my cool. I married my wife because she executes everything. Uh, so then I went to go see the the fourth movie because mm-hmm. I was like ah, three was fun. They tricked me into it. There's only a few times that I've wanted to walk out of a theater, and there's I think only one time where I actually have. Last Avatar, Last Airbender. No, I didn't mind that one. Uh, Transformers for. I wanted to walk out of because it just was stupid. It had so many parts that didn't make sense. Characters are flip-flopping on how they act and what they're doing. It was a bad movie. See, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is because I put it on my queue because I, did, I didn't want to watch it, but it was one of those things that I would have put on just to have on in the background as I was mm-hmm. just like cleaning or doing something. But there's nothing strongly there to make me want to watch it. And I feel the same way about Transformers 5, because... Eh. But yeah. I'm surprised. Like, I actually really enjoy the the Pirates movies. And I put Pirates, like, way ahead of the list in front of Transformers. It's just... I, I After the third one, I was like... Well, even during the second one, I got bored. And then the third one, I was like... Well, I want to see how it all ends. Maybe this one will recapture the magic. And it didn't for me. So I have not seen uh, Stranger Tides. What, what's the fourth one? On Stranger Tides. Yeah. And I, so them making a fifth one, I'm like, I just I just don't care. I feel like they're kind of going back to basics with this fourth one. And they got a good bad guy. Who's playing him? Uh, Javier. Um, Bardem? Yeah. Thank you. He looks so familiar. And I'm like, but he seems a little goofy, too. It's a Disney movie. He can't be a big scary ghost. Right, right, right. He's like, will you tell him? Will you do that for me? Yeah. It's like, you were so But he also menacing. looks like a live-action like Scooby-Doo ghost, in yeah. a way. Well, because uh, they all look like they're fl- still floating underwater, even though... They're above water. Yeah. I think Which it, is a cool effect. I think that's neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I was kind of psyched for this. And I, I really loved the first uh, Pirates movie. The second and the third one. The first one, Kate and I will still put on and just be like, "Nope, it's just on. We'll we'll have it on. It's fun. It's just the second one and the third one. I think are good. I don't think they're they don't have the same magic that the first one had. Mm-hmm. And I remember not super enjoying the fourth one. But like the other day, uh, I walked into the break room at work. And they were playing the part in one of the Pirates movie where Jack is, he's got, like, he's stuck on that pole with all those uh, melons, and he's, like, falling off the cliff, and he's boinging and doinging and falling through bridges and all that stuff all the way down this cliff. And I walked in, and I made the comment out loud, like, boy, everybody's watching this movie, because everybody sitting at all different tables mm-hmm. weren't talking weren't like reading their book they were all staring at the action sequence that was happening on screen so they still do no matter what they stopped and i sat down and watched Mm -hmm. i was just walking through the break room i went and sat down and finished watching the scene like yeah they're entertaining like they're fun and that's kind of what i expect i don't expect like 
you know. Rosebud, you know, like yeah. Citizen Kane. At least he can still get entertaining and fun. I don't think Transformers can even deliver that anymore. Because apparently Optimus Prime becomes a bad guy and kills Bumblebee? I don't know. It. Ah. He's a son of a knight. Yeah. Is that, is that all the... I thought we weren't going to end on a depressing note for news. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's all we discussed for news. But, uh, that'll open well, up. We should, we should talk about some new comic books that are coming out the week of December 14th. Ooh, good segue, Chris. Thank you. You're welcome. If, you I, know I what, never think I get to introduce the the week or the list. I'm I can't I am terrible at podcasting today. I am sorry. It's, it's okay. Right. Tell it's us nice. what you're looking forward to December 14th. Well, I'm actually looking forward to a new number one coming out from Marvel Comics, and this is. Now Hawkeye, or Hawkeye Now, however you want to say it, this is the relaunch of Hawkeye once again, and this time it's starring um, Kate Bishop, and this is being written by Kelly Thompson, who I really enjoyed over on A-Force before it started to become like a Civil War like side book, uh, with art by Leonardo Romero, who has worked on Squadron Supreme and Doctor Strange. Hmm. Not familiar with this artwork, but judging by the preview pages i'm gonna like this it's gonna fit in nicely with what we loved about hawkeye um, in the matt fraction era yeah you know what i'm more interested i'm more interested oh how do i want to put this i'm so sorry guys you said you were horrible at podcasting today i am even worse chris uh it's been a while that's all you know with young or yeah, Young Avengers, how Kate Bishop was the one person that was, like, the rock. She actually was like, guys, why are you such amateurs? And then in Hawkeye, she makes a lot of, like, rookie mistakes. And she's out there. She's kind of bumbling. She's trying to find her place in the world. And I have more of a connection with the Hawkeye version of this new Hawkeye than I do the Young Avengers, which I was originally introduced with. And I kind of hope... I kind of hope they st- somehow strike uh, Reese's Pieces kind of happy medium between those two. Because she o- is always very confident. I just want to see confident, confident, but still needs to find her place. I, I agree. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I, this is actually... Like, so so 50, 50% naivety, 50% confidence. Yeah, that's it. 50% sass. I gotcha. Okay. Chris, see, I think you nailed it. It's not... Lack of confidence. It's not not being good at what she's doing. It's that naivete that I liked in the new Hawkeye versus the kind of she was she was kind of she was a old like fashion or she's the younger fashionista role kind of character that somehow had all the street smarts and actually knew what she was doing. <laughs> or she was a young heiress, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that somehow knew what she was doing. Which was very interesting, and I really liked it because it kind of flipped the script on the Paris Hilton kind of vibe. And then in the new Hawkeye, she was kind of like just lost. She didn't have the money. She got kicked out, and she's trying to find her place. But she, but she still had those moments. She had lots of those moments mm-hmm. in that book. And then it, she also had that thing that she. It was like coming from like that superhero quote unquote mm-hmm. world to like the real world mm-hmm. that was that Hawkeye book in a way. Yeah. Uh, 
but no, I'm like Chris. I'm glad you're picking this up. This was going to be my second pick, but I figured it might go to you, and Paul's pick would go to him. Oh, I threw, well, I, I threw I, well, that. I appreciate, I appreciate you letting me have it. <laughs> I literally threw that at you, Paul. Yeah, and I. And I, that, I that's why I left Paul to have this pick too, because I figured it was <laughs> it was going to be his. I'm so happy because this is one of my favorite things to come out every year when it actually does come out. We didn't get one last year. This is uh, DC Comics. They're calling it DC Comic Rebirth Holiday Special Number One, but in my heart, it's DC Comics Presents Holiday Special like Number Four. Uh, this is bringing together the writing teams of Apoldini, James Dini of the Fourth, Steve Orlando, Vita Alera, Colin Bunn, uh, Tim Seeley, Chris, uh, James Asmus, Heath Carson, and Kate Perkins together to write us. All a whole bunch of just merry mirth and happy Hanukkah and merry Christmasing stories uh, with some of our favorite characters: the Huntress, the Flash, Wonder Woman, John Constantine, and guys, hold on for this. Hold on to your butts because we're getting Detective Chimp back. Woo! I like this idea. Yeah, I miss Detective Chimp. Me too. Uh, and we get Paul Dini coming back on a Harley Quinn story. Uh, and he basically paraded Harley Quinn in the animated BTS, BTAS, uh, Batman the Animated Series. So, unfortunately, from the cover, it looks like we're still getting the hot pants Harley, but maybe Paul Dini can kind of give me a story where it's not hot pants Harley. Very excited. Very excited. Very happy. This will make my Christmas. It probably won't be as good as that one Detective Comics, you know, the one we talk about every year with Robin. Yeah. Yes. Escaping the Joker in the car. Did Black and white. Did you guys have a, another so beer? We do, but I need to talk about what book I'm looking forward to. Is it that Detective Comics issue? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to a trade, uh, and probably you might see this as a trade in policy. Who knows? Uh, but I'm looking for Alistair Arcane, written by Steve Niles and art by Brehen Burns. Uh, and this is Alistair Green, who loves playing a late-night horror TV show... Uh, TV host Alistair uh, Arcane in a hometown of Jacksonville uh, who is forced out of the show with the studio getting closed and then him seeking maybe some type of revenge. Chris said that he had actually uh, has read these issues. Yeah, I read them Fright when they were actually being published years ago. I don't remember anything about the series though because this is gosh, I don't even remember when uh, but like I'm early two thousands. I am a sucker for Steve Niles. I I usually try to check out anything that he's doing. Sometimes I'm very happy. Sometimes I'm well, well that wasn't as great as I'd wanted it to be. Or uh, I he's something someone that I'm always looking forward to. And the fact that this is an older book that uh, that he had done and it's either being reprinted or the first time it's being collected. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm looking forward to this coming out. Yeah, it came out originally in 2004, and apparently this is in development as a movie right now, um, directed by Eli Roth, starring Jim Carrey. Okay. I can see that. Uh, And we're going to forego dramatic reading this week to talk about... A small beer thing that we didn't talk about in the news, and that is uh, a little Founders news. 
Ooh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so one of our favorite breweries is Founders. And I know what you're thinking about. We're going to talk about that Founders. Chris lived like five minutes away from <laughs> Founders, and she moved away in one of the craziest situations ever, I guess, to go live closer to Walt Disney World. Uh, farther away from my favorite brewery is tough. <laughs> Uh, where you can't get those great brews. But maybe, Chris, you can find down there the slammer cans that are coming for all-day IPA. You are talking 19.5-ounce cans of all-day IPA. And they're calling them slammer cans, which makes me like, so they want me to shotgun this? Is that well, it's, I mean, it's a session. I mean, it's only like 4.5%. It's not yeah. a big guy, but... Yeah, but it's also 19. Six fluid ounces? Yes. It's huge. Uh, which is kind of fun by him. I'm looking forward Can to it. Can my bladder hold that, Ramo? Uh, yours not. No, no. No, <laughs> not. Uh, no but the actual news is uh, we've gotten some news for their barrel release. This is going to start in 2017. They're going to have six beers released uh, every few months. Yeah. Which is crazy because... Based on just how their normal bear release schedule is with stuff like KBS and Backwoods Bastard, it looks like we'll be actually getting a barrel-aged beer every two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, starting in January, we're getting their fruit wood. Uh, yeah, right. fruit. Is it fruit wood or foot wood? Something like that. Fruit. It's like it's fruit wood. It's um, it's a ch- aged in cherry, cherry barrels, I believe. Or uh, no, 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 it's, it's a cherry ale. ale. Aged in maple and and bourbon bourbon barrels. (laughs) Owe me a Coke. (laughs) Owe me a Coke. I just wanted him to owe me a Coke, because I'm such the Pam to his gym. Yeah, and I think that that might be... I um, watched that episode the other day, by the way. I think think that first beer is coming out uh, end of January, beginning of February, Mm -hmm. because then April we'll be getting... uh, KBS. KBS. And then I believe there's uh, a March released, a March, a summer release, and then late October, November, we're getting Backwoods Bastard, and then I believe we get one more after Backwoods. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what makes me think because we'll be getting right on the um, post for it. They have Rootwood hitting at the beginning of January, and if they stick with like their normal release schedule, we'll be getting KBS in March, April. So then, like. Two beers over the summer months, backwards hitting in like September, October, and then one more like for probably November. Do you think because they don't do? A, I have to give uh, founders credit, and these, they have not jumped on the pumpkin bandwagon. Yeah, I don't think I don't. I think I don't. You don't think they're going to do a like a harvesty like no. pumpkiny barrel aged beer? No. John is looking at me with such disgust. No, I, I really don't. And I and, and just like, how dare you even suggest it, Paul? This last this year, mm-hmm. 2016, with pumpkin beer release, you saw such a limited release by everyone because the previous year was such a bad year for pumpkin beers. That's, we're oversaturated. People lost. I mean, people lost their shirt in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Distributors, salesmen who brought in lots of beer into a place because they expected to really sell, ended up having to buy a lot of that back themselves. Like, it was a bad year in 2014. 2015, last year? 2015. Uh, 2014, we saw, I think we hit the tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. 
And fifteen, I mean, we hit the critical mass, and we mm-hmm. just couldn't support it anymore. Yeah, that's when it hit. And then this year was really limited. You saw people running out of their pumpkin beer in the beginning of October. Like right. you didn't, you couldn't get uh, certain pumpkin beers through October. The thing with any kind of food production and drink production, like I hate wasting food, so I'd rather them sell out than throw out. You know what I mean? Exactly, and then. And like I'd in, much rather have pumpkin beer sell out and have a limited release and me being like, oh, I wish I could have had one more bottle than me be sitting in my basement being like, oh, I have three bottles. That, when am I going to drink this? Uh, in, in my store, the way I tried to work it is up until November, mm-hmm. the only pumpkin beers I had on my shelf was Pumpkinhead from um, Shipyard. Stop. Okay. Because it is such a, it's a huge seller. It makes up like forty three percent of their sales. I had some dogfish had pumpkin lingering because they release theirs a lot later than anyone else. They wait till like uh, September, mid September to release that. And then Blue Moon, did he have their pumpkin? Uh, no, not Are really. They? I had their in in their variety. Because I can't. I have to imagine that sells just because people are like, oh, I know. I drink craft beer. I drink Blue Moon. Uh. And then um, Southern Tier, Pump King. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the four-pack sold out. I only had the Bombers, and then I still have a couple of the Bombers, and I have the Rum King. I still see a lot of Rum King, but Rum King was released a month and a half, almost two months after Pump King was yeah. released. Because I was there. Paul was there. So, like, Pumpkin Beer. I, I, don't, I don't see founders doing a Pumpkin Beer. I, I really don't. Uh, Just I, because the market and the rumor, it. the rumor is in kind of the wink, wink mm-hmm. that I've gotten is that we will see CBS uh, Canadian breakfast out. Oh, so much sweeter in a four pack. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, these Which are all- it would make sense. That's something they've been brewing for years now. So why not actually put it out a little bit more readily available? Yeah, versus we've only I've only ever have it on the keg. Yeah. yeah. So that's. Uh, I Chris, are you ag- excited about that? I'm very excited about that. If I can find it in a store down here, much <laughs> like every other Founders Limited release beer that I want. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see. I'm looking. I'm looking. I've been looking forward to this since I talked to one of the, the reps the, from them, and they told me they were doing this during the summer. I don't think you can do these hard alcohol releases. Do you think they're going to do like a brand, like the apple brandy? Is a light enough flavor, I think, that can handle the summer, and maybe a red wine? Maybe. I mean, uh, like, we'll, what, I mean, what we'll can find you out. release? Yeah. I mean, you could see some, That's what I'm interested you in. You could see, like, a Goza aged in wine barrels. Yeah. You know, okay. that would be something. Or an, a sour of some sort aged in a barrel. Well, it's in a Goza sour? Uh, is that a square and a rhombus? There's, like, the German style that's a goza that's a little salty. It's tart with some salt. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Belgian style that is, like, sour from the funk that's in the barrel. Mm. Mm. There's two sides to the sour. Archdruid ended up being a Belgian sour. And the southern tier goza used to be the one that you don't want to talk to because she'll make the Steve Puff marshmallow appear. Yes. Beers. And then uh, Paul and I are also drinking, getting into our beer review, foregoing, again, foregoing the uh, uh, dramatic reading, not because we totally forgot about doing it, but because 
Uh, we forgot to talk about Founders. Uh, so we are drinking Great Lakes Brewery. This is the Canadian Great Lakes. Uh, I think this is actually the first thing we've had from them on, on the, the show. show. Uh, we drank all other stuff separately. They also have a number nine IPA, by the way, or Pale Ale, which is really good. Yes. Uh, uh, and this is their bourbon barrel aged imperial uh, solstice stout. This is 11.9. We got this uh, for my bachelor party when we went to the brewery. We bought two bottles. Paul bought one. I bought the other. Uh, they've been sitting in the cellar because, as Paul also pointed out when we got the Voodoo Brewery, we need to drink these when it's cold out. <laughs> There's no reason to drink these. Well, this is sol- called Solstice, so Solstice, so that would be either uh, December 21st or March 21st. Well, they brewed it on the uh, Vernal Equinox. The Vernal, which is a sprink. And we're quickly approaching the Winter Equinox. Uh, this is a Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. I don't think there's anything that stands out. Uh, this has been sitting out in a nice, hot, warm room. Uh, it might be over, kind of warmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't say that I'm loving this. The bottle that we have downstairs, I'd say age for another two years and then see what happens. I don't get any big, really big alcohol punch or anything that makes me worried about, like, or makes me really want to age it that much more. Uh, I get a nice... I get alcohol on this. I get, I get a warm sensation. It's tingling my cankers. Hmm. That's not, I don't have any cankers, but like it's like mouthwash alcohol. I'm not... Maybe it's just... Maybe I just drank too much of the chocolate-covered cherry black voodoo daddy aged in bourbon barrels, but it's... Uh, yeah, I... The, there's nothing to write home about. This. I don't think I'm quite... Paul drunk enough to like be like, oh, every bottle is mine? You guys yeah. seen me that drunk. Yes. That is not a good drunk for me. Sometimes. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> if you're not on the Paul grabbing a beer out of your hands and then looking at you like he's going to shit down your throat. <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, uh, when I drink, there is one level of me being drunk where every drink <laughs> is mine. <laughs> you might have it in your hands. You might be sipping from it right now, but it is my drink, and I will tr- take it from you and then start drinking it. And then you go uh, mean Paul level, Yep. and then you go the Paul level where everybody hates me, me and doesn't like me, and I'm going to go hide. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> my favorite story is when you got – he got really drunk because he didn't eat anything, drank a bunch of, like, whiskey – Yep, and then went and hid in the bushes at his like mother-in-law's. It was a, it was my sister's cousin's graduation party. From <laughs> he went college. and hid in the bushes, and then nobody could find him. Oh my gosh, so weird. <laughs> uh, I've liked probably about seventy-five percent of the things that I've brought home from the Great Lakes Brewery. I liked more at the brewery. Um, just recently, I had their Karma, their Karma Citrus, uh, Citra IPA, which was a very good drinking IPA in a slammer can. So it was a tall boy. It wasn't as big as 19, uh, 19 ounces, but it was uh, really good, um, enjoyable, like most of their stuff. Uh, for the, uh, our kind of friends' Christmas party, friends' Thanksgiving thing, 
um, we drank a growler of their swamp juice, mm-hmm. which is kind of a Canadian thing where they blend beers they already have together to make a new beer. Uh, so swamp juice, um, they do quarterly, mm-hmm. and they take three of their best-selling beers of that quarter and then blend them together to make a new beer. Um, so the last one was like a Pilsner, a Pal, and an IPA. <laughs> And it was good. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It wasn't anything crazy, but the one, the swamp juice we had at my bachelor party, we all really liked. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a great little place. If you're going to Toronto, stop and check them out. I really like them. Yeah, they're ten minutes out of the out of Toronto. Yeah, south. It's such so. an easy stop for him <laughs> for it. And uh, this one I didn't enjoy, but I will say this. Are you ready? I'm right there. Right around. I kind of liked all the books we read for Look Back. Oh, I had something I wanted to talk about quick. Oh, oh go ahead, Ed. No, it's okay. Um, I wanted to mention this last time we did a beer review, and I forgot until I just found it. Uh, I re- recently, read as last month, had a bag of beef jerky that was made by Victory Brewing. Have anyone else seen this yet? No. no. Okay, um, this was called Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, um, and it was actually brewed using... Uh, the wort that they use for the Storm King Stout. Uh, probably some of the best beef jerky I have ever had. <laughs> it came in a very small bag that was seven ninety nine though. Woof. I don't know why beef jerky is expensive as it is, because it's literally just old dried meat. <laughs> um, but this was fantastic. If you can find it, I recommend trying it if it's maybe like around $5, $8 for a small bag of old beef a little bit much but it was one of those things I saw it at a gas station <laughs> and I was like hey that's cool like Victory Brewing makes jerky was not aware of this um, if I see any more of it ever I, I'd probably pick it up just to check it out because I like stuff that's made with beer that I like um, Storm King used to be one of my go-to stouts until we started getting like off bottles of it a couple of years ago um, I can still find it down here and I kind of always wanted to go back to checking it out, but I just remember how much we got burned on it. Well, it, it, it they kind of went a little West Coastian and made it hoppier, and that's what really turned us off. Mm-hmm. Um, the jerky, though, fantastic. Uh, I'm going to talk to my my victory guys and see if I can get that because it sounds yes, you can, like score some samples or something at least. Yes, uh, that sounds it's, good. It's worth checking out. But yes, books we read. The books are read. Yeah, so let's start with uh, Brigand's number one, John, right? Yeah. Is that uh, what you wanted to start with? That's absolutely... From Action Lab, Danger Zone Comics, T+. This book contains blood work, blood work, blade work, and fast-talking, sharp-tongued... Devils. Devils. Stay alert. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So this was Does written it? by Jason... Or no, I'm sorry... It's not the writer. Where am I looking here? It is written by uh, Mature Readers. Uh, This is written by Ram Barber and art by Lewis Nuttall. This is a digital-only release. This was only $1.99 for this book. Okay. Uh, And that's why I have really not a big problem with this book. Uh, There's, I think, some... This is the book I I liked the least out of what we read. Uh, Agreed. But it's not it's not horrible. It's a little formulaic. It's got some holes in the plot that... A little ra- formulaic? <laughs> a lot of formulaic. 
but it's not it's not an awful read. Um, but this is uh, this character who's known as Blackheart, who's about to be executed, who is then saved from the chopping block to then be sent on a mission uh, by this kind of uh, grand sultan. Aram Rock, who is the grand questioner. <laughs> uh, in this kind of mystical Dungeons and Dragons kind of a world. Uh, and he's kind of given a job to pull together a team of four to go pull this kind of heist. But he wants six. He wants six. Blackheart wants six. Which Blackheart doesn't... He doesn't live up to his name of Blackheart in a way, because he's kind of like, eh, you know, people talk. That's how I kind of got to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of fun, but he has to... He has to rob... Robbing a wagon that's got a guy with some money in it. There's some blood. He's got this pink-haired girl who's into girls uh, as a sidekick. And they're getting this money to be able to pay for the job that they're going to pull. But they got to go break somebody out of jail. Or they're actually going to go request somebody to get out of jail. And that's kind of where you end. And, and the job that he sent on is to steal this mystical sword that was used in the very first battle that created man. The, the battle of angels versus demons. Hmm. And we, we learned this in, I guess, one panel of the flashback. Yeah, it kind of a, you see that it's angels and demons like in a panel. They don't really say it. Yeah, all the way back to the first war of man. And it's an angel and, I guess, a demon fighting. Yeah, I, I don't have any thoughts on this book, really. Um, it was the last book that I read out of all of them, and I'm kind of glad it was the last one I read, because if I had read this first, I probably would have felt down and out about reading the rest of the books, because it just... I really didn't enjoy it. There wasn't anything that made me really care about the characters or, like, their quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, the artwork in it is, um... It's not, least, the, it's not the best. It leaves not. a lot to be desired. Uh, there's really no backgrounds or setting. A lot of it is just that anime action frame where it's just a bunch of lines going or just uh, one solid color background. And even the character work, I'm like, wait, is this really that girl with the pink hair? You thought it was a guy. I thought it was a guy, and then I thought it was a girl, and then I thought it was a guy, because I think the look keeps on changing for her, him. Uh, I do I do enjoy it. at one point it said like present day and I was like do they mean now? Yeah. And, and then I flipped back and I was like they never said they were in the past like and then the why would they say like, present day? 10 days hence. Yeah. So I didn't hate it. Like, they should have just said now instead of present day because present yeah. day means now for us the reader. Yes. Oh yeah. Always. That's a rule. Oh yeah, no, I know. Trust me, I know. I like. I was. I was like, what? I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but there was just nothing that made me actually want to finish reading it. And I remember it was. I was on page twelve of it because I actually looked to see how much of it I had left, and I was like, oh, I'm halfway through it. I might as well finish. Yeah, it just seemed archetypal. 
and just it just didn't really work for me. So, but John, you didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Uh, what else? What else didn't he hate? What else I didn't hate? I actually really liked uh, Ether by uh, Matt Kind and David Rubin. Oh, you mean yeah? The I was book actually that- surprised by this book. Um, because from the description of it at the very beginning, I was like, oh, this could go one of two ways, and I'm glad it went the positive one. It definitely seemed to me like, oh, this is like uh, what uh, the figment was doing. Uh, it's like the combination of science and yeah, magic. magic, yeah, or science and imagination. And but it didn't get it. Took me until the very end of the book. Spoilers, uh, where it's like, oh, he could just be. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they were trying to play it off like, oh, maybe this is just a homeless, crazy bum. That's just having these like fleeting flights of fancy, or is he actually really doing this stuff? I think he's really doing this stuff, but in like the real world, he is just like a homeless, homeless crazy bum. Because when he he comes back to the real world, I guess the real world, he's all straggly. His beard's a lot longer than it was he's before. R- he's a lot more roughed up mm-hmm. and. I, I couldn't like it, it's it's definitely something that's gonna draw me to the next issue, um, but it's like oh did he just everything about him just get withered with time because there's a time elapse with him going mm-hmm. to the ether, the ether which that's, is this kind of that's kind of how I read it as is like he's aged when he's in there and he comes back to like the quote unquote real world and it takes a toll on him and his body going in between this world of magic and imagination Boone. and craziness. His, his name's Boone Diaz or Diaz mm-hmm. just to get out there because we haven't really mentioned it yet but, uh, but he teams up with Glum. He, the he is a scientist uh, who has a th- thought of that there's no scientific thing that proves anything about magic so magic doesn't exist and then becomes part of this magical world that he's found a way to get into. Mm-hmm. And he keeps going back into this world to do different kinds of research and find out more about that. And every time he goes back, he learns something new that he needs to bring. So he has, like, a voice recorder. He has something to protect him against particles in the air that might harm him. Okay, a scarf. Uh, yeah, and, and, and different things throughout this. And you also find that he's been doing this for years, coming in and out of this world. And that he's also solved... He's also he's done it 1,200 times. Oh, I'm glad you were open to that page. I am open to that page. I wanted to... You know, because it makes it more fun. Yeah. Uh, and he's been someone who's used his science and intellect to solve crimes or mysteries within this world, and he has his kind of reputation... He He's kind of like the Gandalf of this world, yeah. where he just like shows up and like helps people with stuff. The book looks really beautiful. The science and the magic. There's some type of Paul. You like to have like rules, rules, and it kind of has that ability. Even though it's just like, hey, I'm a giant gorilla that guards the portal, and I have a magic necklace that allows me to take you through the portal. As long as I kick you first because I need to get your adrenaline going to aid in the it's 
that moment reminded me of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where it's like, no, drink this beer. Yeah. Well, why? Well, the alcohol will actually have a numbing effect so that will let the transporter work better. You know, it's, oh, okay, so adrenaline lets the transportation yeah. work better. And, uh, I, I really liked this book, and I thought it was actually going to be a all-ages book, and for the most part it is um, some minor language in it, but I, I thought this was like a really fun read that you could probably pass off to a, like a kid. Yeah, I, I think somebody who's a little, like, 10 to 12. Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit older. You wouldn't hand it off to, like, a 5 or 6-year-old, but it's definitely, like, a kind of, like, PG book. Uh, yeah, the the worst they say is ass. This yeah. is something that, like, I, I like I feel it's somebody who grew up the same way we did watching the same kind of movies, because there's some stuff in here that I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Roger Rabbit, or that reminds me of that, or that reminds me of this. And, uh... I did. I really liked this book, and I picked it up. Um, I had four books for this month that I was like, I would do these for the look back. And I dropped the one, which was the uh, Yakuza Demon Hunters. I didn't like the look of the art in that one, um, so I didn't end up buying it. But this one was one of those ones that I was like, ah, it looks kind of fun, and if it's done right, it'll be good. But this is one of those John picks that it's like everything in the description is everything John should like is in the execution. Will it do it? Yeah. And this one did. Everything about this book works. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and the artist on it makes me think of the artist who uh, did the uh, Sands of yeah. Time and uh, mm-hmm. um, Hawkeye. Oh, Ray, Ray Fox? No, no. Uh, the, the the Jim guy, Henson thing. The Jim Henson Sands, yeah. and then he was on the Hawk. I can just. I think I have a Hawkeye book in my. Uh, you know what? I'm not a big fan of the. Like what during that flashback in the last couple pages, like the the character work there with uh, Hazel. And him, like the proportions are kind of off, where the eyes are just a little too big for each of their faces and there's a little too much line work so they Ramon just look, Perez thank you sand. Yeah. sorry no 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 it's just they look a little alien which is fine when they're in the mystical world but when they're having a flashback to the cafe it, it it's a little off putting um yeah but it was, it was good I enjoyed it uh, mostly, I think it's a little zany, but not zany enough to completely take me out of it. I think there's enough rules there uh, that makes me interested. Yeah, it's it's a fun zany. It's mm-hmm. not just like outlandish to be weird. Yeah, it's outlandish to be weird and fun, and it, I think get, it really succeeds. When we get to Thor, that's really fun zany. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to another fun zany book. Uh, and this is Fool Killer. This is coming from uh, Marvel Comics. This is Fool Killer. Uh, I bought this because of the writer who is uh, Max Bemis from um, uh, the band Say Anything. We read uh, the first couple issues. Uh, well, I read the first couple issues, but we read the first issue for a look back with uh, Polarity. Yep. Um, so I picked this up because. The premise seemed interesting to me. It seemed like it was going to be a fun, zany book, 
but Fool Killer was kind of a character in the 70s and 80s who was like a Punisher type. Uh, and then he had a Max series um, in the early 2000s. But this is this vigilante, okay with killing the evil, you know, the bad guys, who becomes a psychiatrist and gets away from being the mass superhero. But by the end of this, kind of has been lingering and waiting to become the vigilante again. Uh, kind of a fun book. Um, I can't say I super loved it. It feels like it's trying to be a little Deadpool-ish, Deadpool-ish um, and kind of hit those kind of notes. It's not a bad read. I didn't hate this book. I liked all the books we read. Um, but it is, it's an enjoyable read. I was on the fence about this one and, um, going into it just because it looks like it's trying to be that Deadpool, Harley Quinn type, hey, look, I'm crazy and zany and like to kill things kind of book. Mm -hmm. And for the most part it is, but when I saw it was written by Max Bemis, I decided to kind of give it a little bit more of a chance. And I think his personality really does come through in the book where, He's someone that does have like anxiety issues and um, suffers like from like a uh, depression, and it comes through. I think in the writing because you can tell he's someone that's actually been through therapy and on like antidepressants mm-hmm. in the writing. Like it's told from the viewpoint of someone that knows what he's talking about. And I, th- I think it works. Um, it makes it a little bit more approachable and grounded, even though it is still dealing with some crazy ideas. I want to put it out there as quite Harley Quinn or Deadpool, because those are sometimes over the top for over the top sake. And this one kind of leads you to that very end point. At that point, you're like, okay, this might get to that level. Because it's a character that's, well, now, you know, I used to be a vigilante, but now I'm better. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm working for S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm going to turn these people that were, you know, a little psychotic and crazy, I, and I'm going to get information from them. I don't wear jean shorts and a, you know, a wife beater anymore. I dress nice. Mm-hmm. I can pull look at, off. Look at my man purse. I can carry a man purse. But then the man purse is just carrying his vigilante yeah, outfit yeah. in it. Like, that's why he has it with him mm-hmm. for that moment when he's ready to pounce again. Uh, no, I thought it was. I thought it was good. Do I think when I went into reading this, it seemed like it was going to be more of that zany? Yeah, because that's and I probably think how they it was want it. it to be that way, and it mm-hmm. might get there. But that first issue really sets up the character well uh, of being someone who's trying to pull it together, knows what's right, what he should be doing, but then really just wants to dress up in purple and killed the bad guys and i think that it shows it's it's not like i I liked it like Mm -hmm. if it's a slow week i'll definitely pick up two that's what i was about to ask i'm like yeah but did he like enough for two if if i wait long enough and they're cheap issues i'll definitely pick up a burst of um you know Mm -hmm. for 199 each versus the 399 like i I, I would be happy to do it if it's a slow week and there's only one book I'm looking forward to coming out that this actually it's I think number two comes up the twenty second com- it said is it the twenty second yeah. I thought it was the fourteenth no, it's the week following um 
I if I got nothing else coming and I just got one book and it's this, I'd pick it up and read it. Like I would not have a problem with it. It's a book I would like to read more. I don't need to, but you'd like to. I, I would welcome it. Yeah, exactly. And I feel the same way. But now let's talk about Paul's book that he loves and he wants to read the most because <laughs> it's so much superior than anything else. No, it's... Well, I mean, it, it is, though. You can't... <laughs> it's, it's definitely not unworthy of what you were just saying. Unlike the title, which is, uh, this is not the Mighty Thor. This is the Unworthy Thor. Uh, this is uh, after Thor Odison learned a long-kept secret stolen from the Watcher. Uh, he dropped the mystical hammer, Mjolnir, and was no longer able to lift it. Uh, and this is him kind of battling his his enemies without Mjolnir. So this is kind of like uh, Young Thor from back in the day, written by Jason Aaron. And guess what? This is written by Jason Aaron and art by Olivia Copiel. So this is like going home again to that series that we loved, or that arc that we loved of Thor the God Killer. Uh, with young Thor, and we're basically getting that all again. Uh, now with the unworthy but Beta Thor. Ray Bill. Well, spoilers for the very end. We're reviewing the books. I know, but we see Thor just out there, like just kicking ass with an axe, and, and how, a goat. How cool is that goat? Goat's pretty cool. Goat's pretty cool. He's the greatest of all time. What is his name? Like Tooth Nasher. Tooth Nasher. Yeah. Nasher. Uh, he rides around on a goat, uh, and he's just is busting off these orcs and trolls. And but like, here's the thing: is like the book starts with him on this planet where he is fighting and biting. I mean, he bites a dude's ear off. Yeah, he's, he is brutally he's fighting this army to get through to where this new hammer is. Mm-hmm. And he just every time he escapes. He just about gets there. And unlike uh, Brigade, Mm -hmm. it says three months earlier instead of, like, present day. Like, (laughs) it makes more sense when it says three months earlier. Uh, But no, I mean, like, there's so much going on. There's action. There's internal conflict with Thor. There is internal monologue. There's him just beating the shit out of people. They're laying down the plot of what this miniseries is, because it's only, I believe, five issues. Hmm. And then you got Beta Ray Bill showing up, and he's the shit. I just really like this line. This is what hooked me, and I'm like, this is so good. The first line of the book. No, no, no. Gods, I hate trolls almost as much as I hate. And then there's another panel, but the next line is myself. And I'm like, ah. A Thor that just is that internally, yet the, like you were saying, that internal strife, that internal conflict that's going on, uh, and then he's just like Nasher, go fetch, fetch my axe because he's just he's so done, he's so defeated as a person as a character because he's so lost his way, but you know he's just on the cusp of regrasping that glory. Of becoming worthy again, but he just and he just has to have that minute where he just yeah. turns around. He's just because this. I mean, this this is Jason Aaron's run for what three years now, four years. Yeah, 
And uh, he, he says in the back, this is his 50th issue of Thor. When you take into account all the other like series and miniseries he's done before. Uh, and I mean, this is, this is where he's been, I think planning to take this character since we saw that first issue of mm-hmm. his, you know, Thor run where you have young Thor, mm-hmm. current day Thor, and then old, old man Thor, Thor. Yeah. because that old man Thor has got the eye patch. He's got the robot arm, which he's got now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, it's totally where this guy wants to go, and it's the best place to take this character that I never thought I'd be like, oh man, Thor! Like, what I loved about the run that uh, that Wonder Woman had with uh, Cliff Chang and uh, what was the artist? Brian Azzarello. Brian Azzarello. The writer. Yeah, the writer. Um, I think Jason Aaron is doing the exact same thing for Thor. With uh, but he's been books. able to do it for... Yeah. Years now, like, years. and just keep it going. It, it, Brian Azzarello did it for what two years, maybe three. This is. I think it was closer to three. This is going on four, almost five years for Jason Aaron on Thor. So I think these are these should be omnibuy. These should be masterpiece works. These, oh yeah, these should need to be collected and like. Put he's working with the like he's working with the best artists to bring mm-hmm. these books to life. So, come on, John, this is the best book. Oh, this this month. is by, this is by far the best book. So good. Oh yeah, I mean this is the best book. Oh, oh Thor: God of Thunder, number one. It says right in the back of the book, <laughs> 2012. So it's been four years. Man. So yeah, I mean, power, power rankings. This would easily be number one, and then I would probably go um, ether, ether next, mm-hmm. just because it was a fun read. Pool killer, I like to see more. Don't yep. have to. Um, Brigands at the end, just because it did not hold any attention at all. The same as Chris. Mine too. Yep, absolutely. I, and my you didn't w- dislike any of them. I, you didn't hate any of them. I didn't hate any of them. Like I didn't have. I don't. We've had moments where we've we had were moments just like, ah! Uh, Brigands wasn't wasn't great, but it it wasn't, like, awful. It's, it's, when you told me what you paid for it, too, it kind of came around. I was like, okay, at least it wasn't, like, a four ninety nine book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or $9.99. This Christmas this holiday special better be worth it. It will be. I, I think with the holiday special, you'll, you'll at least get, like, two or three stories out of it you like. Well, what did you feel about that Wonder Woman book, then, that was, like, eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine? I don't even remember. It was that big anthology, <laughs> it was that big anthology one that we never reviewed because we, we never bought it. Because I probably never up. bought it. Yeah, probably. I remember you used to give me so much shit when I would <laughs> talk about a book and not pick it up. The thing with comicsology <laughs> that I don't like is that I can't just keep. I can't just go by date. Like it says, oh, this week's books, last week's for books. But if you miss um, that, you're like there, screwed. There is a way, actually. Oh, really? Let me go on to it. Yeah. So Tell me how to do that because that's how I buy books. Like at a comic book shop, I would go to the this week's releases, and then I would go at a comic book shop. You were going pretty much weekly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's not the same here. I, well, even if I didn't go weekly, I'd be able to be like, oh, here's the net last issue. Really quickly versus like trying to like look up the series because and you were like, yeah. Instead of having a thing that has like a million comic books on mm-hmm. it that you 
you need to know exactly what you're looking for to do the search. Yeah. Because if you know that, guess I'm what? Boop, it's right there for you. Um, all you need to do is when you're on the main page, there's a uh, banner up at the top. There's home, and then there's one that just says new. If you hit new, it shows you what books were released on what day. And since they do have stuff that comes out every single day of the week because they have just like the back issues that they put out for like a dollar ninety nine, all you need to do really is just look at the calendar and find out what the last Wednesday was, and that'll let you pick the books from that day. Nice. There you go, Paul. I think because that's be- what I do when like I forget to buy books and it's Tuesday of the next week. I can go and mm-hmm. find what I missed that way. Sounds great, because I definitely don't want to accidentally buy the action comics from, like, 1993, you know? We also got to, like, I mean... While I'm on here, I'm going to look at the sales now, because why not? I mean, you always go to the details of the book to double-check and everything. I know, I could, but... Mostly, when I'm on Comixology, buying books, it's... It's last-minute shuffle? It's last-minute shuffle, or I'm on the toilet, like, oh, let me buy these books real quick. Um, Just on the sales section, though... Guardians of the Galaxy, the more recent trades are all three ninety nine each. They had a couple of really good sales going on. Dark um, Horse, it looks like it's a lot of like nope. um, archive stuff, like creepy books. There's some Hellboy. Those are all six ninety nine each. Can I can I mention one thing about Comicsology that I don't understand? Why sell those like prestige books that are like the art books, like the uh, DC Comics bombshell like art of book? On digital, like because people buy it, do they though? Yeah, because there's people who don't have the ability to go to Barnes and Noble or hold on to those books and have a place to keep them. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the the big reason why I stopped buying is because I had no more room to put these comic books. Right. I mean, look. Yeah, I didn't even know they offered those, and I just clicked on it to see. And yeah, you can get the Art of DC Comics bombshells for twenty nine ninety nine. That seems. Yeah, it's probably the same price you can get it for at like a comic book shop or Barnes and Noble. And I, you know, the whole point I think is to have that physical like copy. coffee table book. But also, like, you have the ability, like, they have the button that says like buy this in print, and then you can click on it. Wait, there's a buy it in print? What? Well, it is owned uh, by Amazon, get, but you it, can get the hardcover edition of the book for thirty nine ninety nine. I might do that, and you can. Um, Pulling up Amazon. <laughs> com slash Amazon. <laughs> but uh, as we get away from the end of the show, because we're so used to just talking to each other, because we spent an hour before recording doing that, hey, Truth. thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, we enjoy the rates and reviews. It helps other people find our show. Uh, click through if you have any more holiday buying, our Amazon link, because uh, we get a little extra piece of that, and that helps us buy beer or equipment for the show. What's that link again? Begnaboard.com slash Amazon? That's it, yep. Paul. Uh, find our great friend Chris and co-host Me. over at his side podcast, his other baby, which is... Parks and Rec. They have ParksandRec.com. It's been a while since I've done one. I'm, but I'm he's, just work, if, always if, work. If you're new to it, please... Uh, Go back and listen to the the back episodes. I told a friend who was going down to Florida, hey, check out a couple of these episodes, because he tells you the best places to go while you're down there. What snacks to eat? What you snacks should. to eat? You guys eat? are going to be here in a month. Wait, uh, less than a month. Just a few weeks. Days. Yeah. Uh, uh, can't wait. And uh, 
please, uh, you know, bear with us. We have uh, a not episode coming up soon that is going to be uh, the upside down of our Christmas special. It's yeah, the upside down of our Christmas special. You get the 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 bones, behind the scenes, the behind the scenes of us uh, preparing to write it. Hopefully, you'll you'll hear us uh, performing it soon. Um, and you might get a not episode here or there. Just everybody's schedules around December here is really hard. We should take like a December hiatus and then come. <laughs> I'm surprised like we haven't done something like that yet because it, it always happens. We and did then, that and back then, when Scott had to do the remodel of the one bathroom. Uh, it, it, yeah, and when he had a baby, had and a baby. when he had a baby, yeah. Uh, but no, that kind of smart. And then we come back with the Christmas special, or we mm. piece yeah, it together yeah. and do it that way. Anyways, thank you guys for listening.